Happy Tuesday, happy August, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And Jim, what a guest we have with us this we really, time. We really do. This is I, I, we, we couldn't. We could never have imagined uh, the the types of people that we would find who would be uh, willing to come on the show and share their interesting stories. Uh, so today joining us, we've got a gentleman named Clark Acton. Uh, he's in the movie prop business. He's the lead model maker for uh, Flix FX currently in Hollywood. And he has a, uh, a fascinating connection uh, to uh, uh, to the Rocketeer. In addition to loving the film, and uh, and and some personal connections through friends, but uh, a fascinating little tidbit of Rocketeer history to share with us tonight. So, Clark, uh, welcome. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. And thanks for listening to the show. I mean, I don't think we'd we'd meet each other unless it were for for you happening to tune in on on our podcast. So not even. Uh, and yeah. and uh, one little tidbit on that. This is the very first podcast I've ever listened to. A friend of mine told me about podcasts. I'd heard about them, but I'd never experienced them. And and uh, I sat down and went, okay, I got a what is this podcast thing? And I looked up Rocketeer. There was this one, and I listened to the first. I think I caught up with you around minute forty-five, and I I listened to all forty-five minutes uh, <laughs> within like three days. Oh my gosh! Oh, wow. Jesus. We are a gateway drug, apparently. Yeah. It's, yeah <laughs> well, get, it is my favorite movie. What can I say? Well, it, it's ours too. Yeah, it's, here, uh, here. It, it, it's so it, it's so rewatchable. It's so it, it, it's such a great movie that you can recommend to other people. And since a lot of people haven't ever seen it, it's easy to recommend. It is. It is, and it's unfortunate it wasn't seen uh, as much as it should have been. It's funny how you, like I know when I when I watch it with people who haven't seen it before, I wind up watching them more than I watch the movie. It's just interesting <laughs> watching people hit, hit over the the different sides of this thing. I would love to say I do that, but all I wind up doing is watching the movie. It's, oh, I dive right into it, and I'm lost. As soon as the bars of music start in the beginning, I'm done. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, we're in, a, we're in a good action scene here. We're in a minute 72, and we're watching, uh, you know, the bad guys versus the good guy and mm-hmm. uh, a, 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 low, a very low-flying rocketeer. I'm, amazing, uh, I'm amazed at his ability for that, uh, that almost a ground effect hover. Right. He's just cruising he's around in circles. Really and... slow. Yeah, yeah, he really yeah. is. And the uh, the clam has collapsed, or the oyster, or you know, the, <laughs> yes. the mollusk upon which fire. we could never quite agree. <laughs> I'm sure Ed, Eddie Valentine's probably sitting in his office. Yeah, he, it, I, I'm sure that uh, Eddie Valentine's looking at trying to find his his number for State Farm uh, business insurance. And figuring, <laughs> yeah, Am I right. covered for this? Gosh, that, all co- oh, go ahead. I would just say that wonderful ice sculpture uh, snail, which yes. uh, you know, it seems like when the uh, when he hops onto it on the buffet table, it it, it looks very much like an ice sculpture. Then it, it seems to switch to oh, I I can tell you about that. I think I think you can. The, yeah, I think you know yeah, somebody the, who might have been here in this moment. Yes. First off, the stuntman who is doing that is a, a gentleman named Seth Arnett, the son of James Arnett, who was the stunt coordinator for this movie. I work with both of them on the movie Deep Impact, and I was talking with uh, Seth uh, at one point during the filming, and he mentioned that he'd worked on Rocketeer. I said, I love that movie, and he said, well, he was the stuntman who uh, did all the flying sequences in the South Seas Club with the flame coming off his back and was being drugged around by the crane, and he was also 
PV when PV was blown backwards. So those two shots where PV gets nailed, oh, he's the oh, young right. guy oh. that's wearing the wig. So he he wore the wig. Oh, oh my right. gosh! Okay, Seth Arnett. Wow. There's another another mystery solved. No yep. kidding. Wow. So. And boy, James um, but, Arnett uh, has done just about everything. Scarface, oh my goodness, he has. Jurassic he, Park, and oh my lord. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. So anyway, a little bit of that. As to the snail, I can guarantee that the snail you see him jump on and start the ride with is a probably a clear vacuform or a fiberglass, fiberglass, but something like that that would be not meltable and could sit there underneath oh, the lights sure. for hours and hours and hours while they reset and redid and retaked and, and right. all that. Because if you look at it, it's completely clear with some white highlights, and then there's yeah. no lines or stratification. And then what is it? Right. Around second, when it goes through the door, around oh, yeah, second, about second nine, nine, eight, yeah. nine, yeah, and see all the layers of that's real ice going through there. So they they probably had one or two of the ice sculptures. Maybe usually they make three of anything that's going to explode, if you will. Right. Um, and so there's probably three of those ice sculptures, and they just ran it through the door a couple of times to. Sure. Um, yeah, you can see so that, that transition really right ice. when he's. When yeah. he sort of flies over it, it's very, it's, it's, it's almost pure white. It's very opaque. And then when it comes through the door, sort of headless, that's, yep. uh, that looks to me like real ice. And, so, and that said, was probably pre-broken to go through the yeah, door. Yeah, I have an expert. Way, so. Thank you, Clark. Wow. <laughs> you're, so, you're welcome. I noticed that when I, I feel was, such a sense of, it, it's such a through. sense of closure. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, 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 it's great. That, that door is <laughs> very lightweight that I could get knocked over like that. It just kind of blows away. Interesting. Yep. Interesting uh, view. Well, uh, it's like some of the other doors I've worked on that had to be blown away. They were pre-rigged to come off that way. You know, their yeah. uh, hinges are unscrewed. Things are set. And they, even breaking the glass may have had some sort of a little actuator on it that would smack it like a like a little hammer that would break the glass for it. So you knew that the glass end rather than hoping that it would. Quite a sequence of, uh, of edits there. I mean, there must be at least five shots uh, oh. in, in inside of a couple of seconds and just to, just to get all those, those effects. I didn't try to count them, but yeah, there's a bunch. And they're all very quick. They're, you know, second, second and a half at most. But that's awesome. We get to watch uh, poor Jenny trying to go upstream like a salmon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crowd of extras running behind her. I keep wondering how many uh, of those caricatures Mike Bruno has in his collection. I, I was just looking right. at the characters There's going brown derby they, style. They look like the yeah. ones from Hamburger Hamlet. If you've ever been in there, yeah, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, and that's they have a bunch of those kinds of characters on on the Hamburger Hamlets. And I'm looking, I'm thinking there might be copies of those, but I can't see any of them with enough clarity to actually determine who they are. But I'm sure, yeah, no, based I, on the rest of the movie, that they're all you know 20s and 30s actors. And I would not be um, stretching too far to think that Dave Dave Stevens had a hand in them. Yeah, I wouldn't we, we either. Although I don't know. I mean, I I know he worked very diligently on them. Was the and was there for a lot of the production. But I don't know. You can't see it, so you can't see the hand that's on the on the drawings. So it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's um, it seems to be very uh, as we've talked in the past. Dave Stevens uh, painted. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some other things that he had painted. But there are uh, different signs and things that that are coming up where. Where he actually had nothing else to do, so he sat down and he actually became a set builder. And I would not, I would not <laughs> d- doubt that he was part of this. I wouldn't doubt it either. There was a lot uh, of drawings there, so very yeah, cool. beautiful lighting too. Although I, I do like the uh, all the sconces and the, the different lighting works that we're seeing. We're seeing the uh, as, as you as as the rocketeer is circling the place. There's a lot of um, 
you know, we we don't really get a clear view of a lot of the things, but the the there's so many different props. Everything from the the golden uh, the golden net on the ceiling to uh, you know, all the clamshells behind the the bandstands and things like that. Oh, it's just yeah. it's just amazing. Then then of course you've got uh, you know Neville, the uh, most amazing shot in the world, taking the Tommy gun and just. Cutting all those ropes so that the oh, net collapses. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of a Hollywood help. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Not not very easy at all. Certainly not something you can do sort of shooting uh you know, shooting almost from the hip as he is, but I but hey, never noticed. He was that James before. Bond before this, right? Yeah, he was. He yeah. was indeed. Just, just at the point, yeah. Um, oh, a, a small little aside. He was also Prince what was his name in the Flash Gordon? Prince Oh, Prince Baron, yeah. yeah Prince Baron, right. Baron. Um, I have one of the Hawkman oh. helmets from that movie. <laughs> wow. Um, totally, totally unrelated to this at all, but just no, small connection fine. to Timothy Dalton. <laughs> I love Timothy Dalton in uh, in Flash Gordon. He's so... he. I keep thinking... It's just the way... I keep thinking if you think of him as Neville Sinclair in, the, in Flash Gordon, it takes on a whole different aspect yes. that he's Neville Sinclair playing Prince Baron. It, it exactly. Nobody's Ex- done the... Uh, Nobody's done the Flash Gordon minute yet, so uh, Clark, if you are thinking, there's, if you're thinking about a podcast, that's a great jumping in. Place. I don't know. I've seen how much work you put into this one. I'm not uh, sure it's my speed, but, but we'll you try got, it. You got Brian, Brian Blessed. You've got Porkins oh. from Star Wars. You got, oh, that's you know, right. I forget about Porkins yeah, in that one. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love cool. Brian Blessed. Whenever he has that big grin and he goes dive but it always sounds like yes. to me just yelling die and just yes. screaming at people and clunking them with that mace so golden's yeah. alive <laughs> well but anyway we're, we're still talking about 1938 uh hollywood yeah. and, oh, a, sorry. and a giant fish fishnet which uh it's easily knocked down by a spray of bullets i i, I do admire how you fired uh have you fired a thompson machine gun i have fired a thompson and uh you know i'm not necessarily a, a a gun nut or gun collector, but it is absolutely something I will own one day because it was just the most immediately <laughs> comfortable and satisfying butta 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 uh, sort of firearm I've ever shot. Did, did um, you have on a, a white tie and a black shirt? Did you just get the? Would, get the... Can you picture me doing anything less? Okay. I mean, is it? You know, <laughs> I, I think that's mandatory. I can picture you as Eddie Valentine stopping and looking at the guy next to you and grinning like a mad <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, that's Good. that's that's pretty much par for the course. Yeah. Um, and, some bromo uh, seltzer and plug in that ulcer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Make make me a bromo. You know, it's a it's a very very solid thing, and it and it just feels exactly like you'd expect it to. You know, it's punching those forty five caliber rounds, which is you know a pretty good size for something oh, like that. It's not like an MP five yeah. spray and little nine millimeters. Nope. Um, and it certainly is accurate and very very controllable. The weight you know minimizes some of the recoil, and it doesn't tend to climb. At least it didn't for me. But I don't think I could just uh, sit there and. You know, stare at the ceiling and and uh, shoot up a bunch of ropes to drop yeah. a net. Well, um, it's really kind of. I'm funny. surprised I've admitted that. Yeah, no, it's all right. I think you're probably an excellent shot. But looking at the, if you <laughs> look at the uh, when the bullets hit, the bullets hit next or around them, and suddenly the ropes just break. It's like, hmm, right. I wonder how that worked. <laughs> I do believe it's, it's what we the, call the magic of Hollywood. It is shrapnel uh, from the plaster. Yes. It's very sharp plaster. And, That's what. And, and somebody, uh, somebody just and, like Clark was there. <laughs> Yep, exactly. Some guy with a little squib board going, okay, ready? One, two, three. Right. Okay, they're all broken. You're <laughs> right. Were they been uh, still sort of using the thing where you kind of drag a nail across a series of contacts, or were they been fancier than that at this point? In it would depend, but probably for something like that, it would probably be a nail board because it's a little bit, you can alter the timing very easily by just dragging your hand at a different speed or pausing in a, sure. a, a little bit. You can kind of get a feel for how it's going to 
to work. I've worked on sets where they did both, where they had nail boards and they had computer timed things. Mostly the stuff that I did was miniatures and it was all done within tenths of a second and, you know, there'd be 17 explosions happening and then it would all kind of like the foreshadowing for what's happening at near the end of the program uh, not this program this uh, series is the there was a, a ton of explosions happened very quickly and then it was slowed yeah. down for the to give the scale of the explosion time to move and billow and smoke and you know look like it has heft we are not too far away but in the not too distant future we're going to have uh, the pyro specialist for that particular scene is going to be on to, to chat about it and it's quite an interesting awesome effect there but something something to look forward to but in this one it's more well we've got floor effects of, of those, those flames and uh, the, the beautiful right. sound of uh, jenny hitting lothar on the head with a with the <laughs> wooden a nice a nice prop too that beautiful uh, seahorse it yeah. is it is plaster seahorse i'm just going to assume now that mike bruno has it yeah uh, well, we'll and, just assume uh, it the, yeah. the, the, i challenge him to prove otherwise yes the tail <laughs> the tail so uh, that piece uh, he probably it. has that the tail and the the extra one that they built that they didn't break he, because, he might uh, and if i ever get over to the east coast i might have to stop in and say hi that guy has a oh, better man. collection than i've ever gonna have i did notice it's it about second 23 um they're about somewhere between 22 23 the rocketeer that's flying is the maquette it's not being a human being that the flames are mounted. I was wondering in. about that. And the helmet yeah, the, isn't uh, got the right glint on the lenses. Yeah. They're not clear. Yeah. Yeah. You, it yeah. does it does have the feeling of looking a bit small and the yeah. you know, no. the hands appear a little right. bit stiff and, and, and a little very, bit thin too. Yeah. 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 No, he, I'm absolutely so. positive that that's the maquette. And then going into second twenty four, for the first time ever, I noticed the mermaid in the background in the middle um there it's always it happens so fast I see the net falling and I never noticed the mermaid. In the middle of the window, yeah, at the top of the stairs. I never realized that either until she, in, uh, that she was still until uh, that she was still there. Uh, I was just wondering, is, yeah. that, is that the same based on the layout of where it is? She's the sec- she's the mezzanine level mermaid. There's yeah. another mermaid at the first. The first level is is at Eddie's office, so that's kind of off in the wings. She's kind of the uh, just going up to the mezzanine. There, she seems to have her own little bubble to be <laughs> her own little tank, her yeah. own little tank, and uh, just a, a, a you know a noble end to this beautiful set as it's continuously oh. being destroyed by so many oh. things going on. No kidding, I I hate to see it destroyed because it is a beautiful beautiful place. Is that tiny Ron playing Lothar when he gets hit? Because it seems like a different actor. I, I I keep looking at it and it just seems like a thinner. He's a tall guy, but it doesn't seem like it's Tiny Ron anymore. Um, I may be reading think, it differently, but yeah, it's well, the prosthetics almost look simpler. Well, it's a mask. It looks like it's a simple Halloween-style yeah. mask that's been put over somebody who's got a padded jacket and shirt on. It could be Tiny yeah. Ron, but Tiny Ron isn't a stunt performer, so it probably wasn't. Yeah, I mean, he is getting knocked down a, like half a flight of stairs yeah. halfway up, yeah. and he just lands no, on the floor. I'm pretty they can, sure they that could swap him out for right. And you notice when he lands, he's got his arm over his face always. That's a very yeah. stunt manny yeah. thing to do to say, okay, I'm not the right guy, so you can't see me. I'm pretty sure it wasn't him. I would I would bet uh, anything pretty much that that was not him doing the stunt of the actual fall. And you know, not to bounce around too much, I had to double check my. Uh my notes, um, but uh, you, you were calling out, Clark, you mentioned the mermaid back there, mm-hmm. and we're not sure if that's the same mermaid from down below. It, you know, sort of hard-pressed to think that for a scene as quick as this, you would you would cast and dress a different mermaid. Right. Anyway, the uh, credit sister is a woman named Lori Lynn Ross, who I'm 
still holding out some hope we would we would reach out to because uh, she kind of enters into my world a little bit in that um, when she was getting started in in uh, stunts and feature films she was also a wing walker she flew with a pilot named Elliot Cross who had a, I think oh, a cool. steerman and a Waco biplane uh, the Waco like we see uh, subbing for the back half of the GB early in this film and then he was uh, probably best known if there's some air show goes out there if you remember from the late 80s early 90s the uh, Coors Light Silver Bullet jet, the little BD-5J, just yeah. like in the beginning of the Bond movie uh, Octopussy. Uh, he was flying that on the airshow circuit, but then she was his wing walker at the time. Uh, so I'm hoping sort of through the airshow world that I might eventually find her and we can have uh, have her on at some point to talk about what it's like to be a mermaid, but we'll see. Yeah, that'd be great. It's always a crazy small yeah, world. Some, we, can, yes. we can hope. A boy can dream. So, <laughs> I was trying to figure out one, one thing that puzzled me. You know, you don't notice these things when you're watching major action scenes, but why doesn't Mike have his own Why does he have uh, to tag gun? team with why Neville? Does, <laughs> why, why? Yes. Yeah, thanks, thanks, boss. You know, maybe they, they only bought three, and it's like they were going to share time. And- right, exactly. There's a sign-out sheet. Well, because he's too young to yeah. own one. He, does, you know, he hasn't yeah, earned his spurs right. yet. So. Or, you know, maybe Neville just wasn't carrying one. and he, Did he <laughs> snatch it from him earlier? So sort of, sort of give me that. He did snatch it from somebody. I'm trying to remember yeah, who it was. Yeah, that was Mike. He did. He did, definitely did that, but... Was that maybe Mike's that he grabbed? I'm scrubbing right now to Yeah, I think actually if you go about second 14 to 15 and 16. Yeah, I think he does grab it from Mike. He shoots down the net yep. and then... It, uh, it's a very quick, but yep, so, he, he does. So uh, what we learned from this is that Neville Sinclair can be trusted. You can loan him your weapon and he you will, will and get will it, back it back when he well, when he feels you're mature the, enough to handle it. The, well, sure. Uh, yeah. After he shoots the ropes yes, and stuff. Yes, there's that amazing marksmanship. The thing that I always noticed was, since all of these guys were at the uh, Bulldog Cafe, Peavy was right. You didn't need to fly there. He could have taken a cab. It, it, they they all got there about the same time. Right. He was, he really was only did. slightly behind him. But, oh, that's, but Cliff got there in style. Yeah, well, well, yeah, yeah. he had enough minutes, time to right? hide his rocket pack and then okay. put his rocket pack back on. Totally Just, got right. there in style. Yeah. So... You had some involvement in an interesting kind of tangential piece of uh, of rocketeer history. You constructed something uh, uh, back in this time frame, the early '90s, that, uh, that I think you should tell us a little bit about. Okay. Yeah, I did. I wound up building a backpack for a company called, I believe it was Nova Logic. Turned out to be a backpack for a PC game called The Rocketeer. Hmm. And it was a backpack that they wanted for the bad guy, the protagonist. It shows up at the end, I guess. Um, I actually never played the game because I could—I never had a computer it worked on. <laughs> but I built a helmet and a backpack over a weekend, if I remember correctly, because they were running a really short deadline. And I gave it to them sometime around the end of April in 91. They were trying to get the game done just shortly, you know, around July, so it could be come out when the movie was out. Because uh, I think the movie came out in June. So it was a really, really cool to work on that because after the movie came out, it was like, wow, I actually kind of worked on it a little bit. And when I went and delivered the backpack to the office, the helmet and the backpack that I made, they had sitting there a Rocketeer backpack and helmet, a hero helmet and hero backpack from the movie, which I got to pick up and play with for a few minutes. And unfortunately, I didn't have a camera, didn't know about the movie, what it was really about at the time, or the fact that I was going to fall in love with it and have it be my favorite <laughs> movie of all time, or I would have taken a thousand pictures and asked a whole bunch more questions. And the uh, the helmet, the hero helmet that I got to hold, turned out to be from a scene I think was never uh, shown. It might have been filmed, but it was not part of included in the movie, because the the, the on the top of the Rocketeer's helmet had a bullet graze in it, very similar 
to the bullet hole that was uh, the ricochet that was picked up when they were in the top of the oh sure the ricochet cafe, onto the rocket bag and they were covered up with gum when wow. he went flying yeah but this was an actual little graze in the helmet and they uh, it had it was actually very purple so it wasn't a dent or a chip in that because a little piece of partial piece of tubing had been glued in and feathered in to make it look like the metal had been folded and bent over uh, that was kind of cool so I was always wondered what scene wasn't included that that was made for. Because it was definitely a hero helmet. It was padded on the inside and uh, was really crisply painted. And, you know, it, it wasn't a stuntman's helmet. It wasn't a throwaway piece or very peripheral or made out of rubber or anything. We are planning on having uh, one of the screenwriters on, uh, Danny Bilson. So that, uh, Hal, you might want to make a note to ask. Yeah. <laughs> explain, the, explain yourself here. Yeah, we're going to have to ask him about that. And Interestingly enough, Danny Bilson has uh, has done more in the gaming world actually than he has in the movie world. Wow! Yeah, he worked and, on a bunch uh, of the the Bond, so, uh, the James couple, Bond type. Right, he worked on a lot of those, and uh, in fact, he and I have some mutual colleagues oh. back from uh, my time at Microsoft in the the entertainment and simulation software space. So. Crazy, crazy small world. Funny, you know, you mentioned Nova Logic. They were the developers. Disney, of course, was the publisher. And I, I remember Nova Logic not only for the Rocketeer, which I did have and play, but uh, also for a title called Comanche. And then some people out there might remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually played Comanche. Mid-90s, I guess? Yeah. Okay. One of the first really sort of fun and engaging and pretty uh, graphically good to look at for the time uh, helicopter combat type simulators. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of fun stuff to do there. Interestingly enough... And I, you know, take this with a grain of salt because, you know, we should always look carefully at any sort of sites we visit where you you might run any kind of executable software. But there is a site called myabandonware.com. And you can actually go there. You can play the Rocketeer game uh, right in your browser. Oh, very cool. I will do that now. Well, goodbye, Clark. We'll see you. It's out there. So, okay, well, yes, we'll listen to Clark play. And... uh, Clark, please describe the game as you're playing. <laughs> Very pixelated. Uh, but anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. So anybody out there wants to give it a try, again, you know, make sure you're sort of yeah. this. My spidey sense tells me this is a uh, this is a uh, respectable site. This isn't uh, Pirate Bay or something like that. But still, you know, keep your firewalls on and your malware detectors going and your antivirus stuff just in case. But uh, take a look at it and you know give the uh, give the game a try. Yeah, I will. Thanks. I always wanted to play it, but I just never had a computer that it would work on. It was either too old or too new. I don't know which, but it was a problem. So, But I have a couple of different copies of the game in my collection. I've got the Nintendo games in my collection. I don't even own the Nintendo systems, oh, but I have the games. <laughs> the uh, Did the NES titles, were, were they Nova Logic as well? Or was it sort of the same title as ported to different platforms? Or I, For some reason, I was thinking the PC version was like was a completely different title altogether. I, as far as I know, the PC version was different, and the, the Nintendo ones were done in Japan. They were completely different, but I don't know that. That's what I thought. And I remember the, the Nintendo ones as being sort of your typical side-scrolling sort of thing, whereas... Uh, the PC version had a little bit of depth to it. You'd get sort of an oblique angle and, you know, fly the airplanes around the, right. the, the pylons and some of that sort of thing. I, I believe you're correct. Uh, oh, very I, I, cool. I've never played them because I just never could, but I looked at lots sure. of screenshots and things, and I don't remember them being very similar. Oh. The Let's see. South Seas Club. I do have a South Seas Club menu that I picked up some years ago. Oh. 
Uh, maybe okay. I can send you guys a picture of that. I'm going Please to do. see what I can do. Yeah. Or you could send it to me, and I will send you a picture back. <laughs> oh, that'd I'm be awesome. I'm just going to put that out there. That is. You, know? <laughs> you are. Here, Clark. I promise. I'll take you a picture of it, just uh, with 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 my nice shiny iPhone. <laughs> I have no shame, none whatsoever. And I'm right there with no, you. I would, I would love I, to I, see I, a good close-up look at yeah, it. Our, our motto here at the Rocketeer uh, Minute is always, well, the worst thing they could do is say yes, no. Exactly. So. And we're still waiting for that uh, that cease and desist letter from Jennifer Connolly, suitable for framing. Yeah, she hasn't said no yet, so you know, hope hope springs eternal. Here, here. I'm hoping she'll I, be I on have the to point show. Out, yeah, me, oh, aren't we all? <laughs> Someday. So Never give up. We'll, we'll see. She, we might have a special episode 110. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I can't help but notice on second 51 of this particular minute that uh, Eddie Valentine doesn't seem very enthusiastic about shooting the guy. He's just kind of like, yeah, I'll hold a pistol and I'll just... Yeah, Span is Johnny and, and, and Mike are kind of into it. It's great, too. You know, when you scrub starting second 49-ish or so, you see Cliff turning and, you know, getting that dramatic look off to the uh, sort of the right of the frame, then right into the camera to let us know we need to look at something. And then as you scrub it, you know, these four guys, it's, uh, sorry for the weirdly obscure reference, but it's like watching the Beatles come down the stairs in Magical Mystery Tour. They're perfectly <laughs> in sync. They're all just sort of marching. Yeah, and, one of, and one of them's got a different color. Uh, ca- exactly. Yeah. So that's McCartney yeah. over there. And, yeah. uh, you know, in the yeah. white jackets and everything. But it's... It's 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 almost like they're you know when you scrub through it, it's like they're on rails it's perfectly choreographed but you're right Jim yeah. uh, you know yeah. Servino yeah yeah you shoot yeah. one guy in a rocket pack you've shot them all Spanish but, Johnny's uh, ready know, Spanish to actually Johnny shoot <laughs> he's ready yeah to go. he's the he's the one yeah. who looks like he's ready he's not you know he's not necessarily going to be aiming uh, sighting all that well but at least he's got it pointed in roughly the right direction and and uh, Mike on the end just looks suspicious. Pro- he's probably telling himself this time I'm not going to close my eyes while I'm right, shooting exactly. <laughs> Oh, I, I, we we do have to have a moment uh, a moment's pause for that poor burning clam. Oh, it's it's a mollusk. And, and by or. by burning clam, Jim means burning oyster. <laughs> yeah. 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 we are never gonna we are never going to whatever. agree on this. I, I'm still going with it. <laughs> it's a shame. It just it was such a lovely thing, and Melora was. was standing on it. Yeah, Melora yeah. Harden came up and out of oh. it, and now it's on fire. Actually, the background's on fire. It doesn't look like it's yeah, the background's on fire. fire. It's, Oh, so, that's true. It's not, is it? No. So there's Mike may have it in. That so, might be a, a, a three piece sectional at Mike's house. We'll I was say, or or that's the master bedroom at, yeah. the, at the Bruno <laughs> household. And Mike, if you're listening, is. we love you, buddy. I hope yeah, you. It's okay. I hope you understand that uh, we are just uh, all the love going your direction and admiration. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. someday when he opens up uh, Rocketeerland, I, exactly. I will go. <laughs> yes, I will. I will buy the first e ticket uh, through that place. Have to have to point out the uh, the. The, the stained glass at the at the up in the, the cupola of the ceiling. Uh-huh. Yes, I, I didn't notice until uh, watching this particular minute scrubbing through. I'd never noticed all the seahorses. I've, I've never noticed. Yeah, the, there's, the motif there's five there. seahorses and five uh, mollusks, five mollusks, shall we pearls. say? Yes, the, with some the pearls, shells. some shells. Yes, with some the shells pearls, of with some sort. It's it's just a beautiful little thing, and the, and the ocean waves forming the yeah. outer part of the. Uh, and uh, that that hole that that. Uh, pardon the expression again. That, that scalloped edging around the the, yeah. the far the, outside it, of it that's backlit. It, it's like it's like a mandala. Uh, it's just kind of a a fractal uh, yes. repetition there that just is beautiful. It I, is just gorgeous. My uh, my symbol for my company. I run a separate software company. Is a seahorse. Uh, because I was I was a single dad for a number of years, and seahorse is kind of the sign for single dad. So every time uh-huh. <laughs> like, I would get I would get uh, uh, seahorse jewelry and stuffed animals and things like that sent to me by friends and things. So it's just kind of like oh gosh, a, a movie with seahorses in it. There so you it's go. Just kind of a 
I, I'm always reminded. I went to uh, an, uh, an aquarium with or my wife and me with a couple <laughs> of friends of ours, and um, the uh, my friend, let's call her Nikki, because that's her real name, was so excited we got <laughs> there, works. and then she had one of those moments she couldn't think of what they were called, and she just pointed and said, "Oh, oh, look at the the horse fish." <laughs> <laughs> so to this day, to me, they are horsefish. Horse, horsefish, yes. She's not wrong, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. but uh, that only it only stays long enough to. Uh, well, actually, it sur- it survives to the end of this this minute. So that's a, that's yeah, a that's point. true. He just seems to be yep. uh, very good targeting too. I right, he got right. In the I would center. think that any part of that roof he would be able to hit, but he's definitely going for the fifty points right there. Oh yeah. yeah Unfortunately, yeah. we don't in this minute. You don't get to see it. He, he, at yeah, least yeah. it ends right before yeah, he goes Just before the he impacts it. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to yeah. pick that one up uh, tomorrow. So maybe, but, you he know, doesn't. before we get to, uh, <laughs> no, that could be, yeah, we don't know. Spoiler alert. Maybe yeah. he just turns right around and flies back down there's a, and there's a, there's works a, there's it out. There's a large bumping sound and he <laughs> yeah. has to go back and negotiate. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Whoops. That's how the helmet goes. Oh, this is leaded glass. That really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Clark, we're, we're kind of coming toward the end of the minute, but I don't want to let you go but until you tell us a little about, uh, you mentioned uh, a couple of projects you've got going on uh, for a museum. Oh, yes. Um, that's your bill. Could you tell us about those? I right? would love to. I found out about the beginning of this year, 2017, that the Bigelow's Air Circus hangar still existed. I didn't know up until then that it was actually, uh, had, had uh, not been torn down when the movie was final. The Santa Maria Museum of Flight uh, acquired it and moved it from south of the main runway and put it back up next to another building that they had stuff in, and now it's part of the main part of the museum. Oh, about three months ago now, I went up there and visited Santa Maria and got to go through it and take pictures of the whole thing, and it's awesome. But they have a really weak rocketeer display there, and I and I made a couple mentions to the docent that we were talking to about you know, you're kind of missing a display on the Bulldog Cafe. And he says, oh, yeah, we'd love something like that. And my model maker brain went, ding, I think I know what to do. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> and so I have been in contact with the director of the museum. They are willing to accept a display from me. And so I'm custom making them a uh, Bulldog Cafe model for their for the, for the Rocketeer display. And I decided that they didn't have a suitable GB uh, for the GBZ that was right. used in the film, so I'm making them a one-sixth scale version of that. Won't be RC wow, or anything, but it'll be, but it'll be you know a good size, one sure. that I can put a one-sixth scale Rocketeer next to, which I happen to have. So yep, I've I've got one of those as well. Yeah, that perfect, <laughs> exactly. uh, you know, the real GI Joe size, the, exactly. the sixth scale. Uh, yep. Yeah. My wife and I were in the one-sixth scale uh, toy business for many years, manufacturing oh, yes. uniforms and accessories. And, and we and need things, to talk so. because I used to have almost 200 um, vintage Joes. So. Oh, boy. Yes, we <laughs> do need to talk more about that. Brigade, yeah. <laughs> yes. Coming um, up next on the Toys We Wish We Still Had minute. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, I... Uh, and this is all pre-adventure team, not the... Oh, yes. no, I had yes, both. Good. I had Although painted I, hair, I, uh, you know... I, I, grew, I grew up with 64, the 64s, so it's... Yes. Just, so did I. So painted heads, but then... I, yeah, yeah I, was, I was young enough to get into the fuzz heads, but then by the time they went three and three-quarter inches, I said, what is this? Yeah. yeah. What is this yeah. tiny piece of plastic? This American is not G.I. Joe. American Girls G.I. Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, G.I. Joe is 12 inches tall. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, once... I know we're in the G.I. Joe minute now, but uh, yes. once G.I. Joe hit 19... 76 and he became uh super joe and he started fighting dinosaurs that was the end of it i think the right. done and done yep all if, over. His, if his fingers wouldn't fit in an m16 you didn't want them nope. yeah. <laughs> exactly no kung fu grip yeah uh 
<laughs> well, let's let's turn back. Let's 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 turn back. We've definitely gone off the dirt road here, and we'll, we'll, much as I'd love to talk about this some more. Um, but, so so uh, people can visit your. Uh, I mean, I, when do you plan on? Uh, on I'm I'm working on it right up? now. As a matter of fact, I contacted not the production designer but the uh, set designer for the show, and I got blueprints for the Bulldog Cafe. So really, I just received those from him. I don't know if I should mention his name on the air so people hound him or not. I don't know. But you can look him up on IMDb, so I guess it's okay. Uh, anyway, uh, John Berger, he is currently working. He was going to Atlanta, I think it was, to work on a movie, but he sent me the scans of the plans, so I've got those in hand. I also found out from him that people can uh, purchase a book that contains them. And the book is, let me see, i got to open it up. There are some of the plans that are actually scanned in the book, and the book is called... Designer Drafting for the Entertainment World by uh, Patricia Woodbridge. Really? Yeah. And it's a uh, film, theater, television, trade shows, amusement parks, virtual scenery, and CAD stuff. And it's all about designing sets and the drafting of it. But within it, they actually use some of the Bulldog Cafe uh, blueprints and put them in there. So there's uh, three or four of them in that book. Wow. So I found that to be quite interesting. I bought a copy of the book, and, and then I got my copies of the blueprints. So I'm well on the way to building this Bulldog Cafe model, and it will be one twenty-fourth scale. Um, oh, that is very uh, cool. I should have that done in about a year, as my guess. So it'll be about the size of a bulldog. It will actually the the cookie yeah. jar that you guys have talked about. Um, oh, yeah. That Bulldog Cafe is ah. that cookie jar is slightly smaller than one twenty-fourth scale. So it will be a little bit bigger than that cookie jar if you've seen one or have one. Ah, okay. Um, well, I've seen pictures of yeah. one, but I'm sure Hal will have one by the time this airs. I, I oh. have one on my counter with cookies in it, no less. So. Ah. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. Oh, Amazing. See, it's it's things like this that just makes your heart just oh, swell, doesn't and, it? And just... go look at my Facebook page. You should see what my daughter made me for my, uh, my birthday. Oh, my it's goodness. A, it's a tiny little uh, snow shaker custom made with a Rocketeer figure in it. Oh, how cool is that? Wow. That's so, fantastic. Uh, it is. Oh. Ah, exciting times. Well, we we do have to draw to a close because I think people oh, are going to be sorry. running. No, 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 no. This is fantastic. Oh, no, this has been we terrific. May, we may have you back on a later minute, so keep you. Keep, I would love to keep, come back. Keep, Thank you. Keep your microphones clear. We will, we will do this again. Um, but but thanks so much, Clark, for being on the show. It's it's always. Gr- I mean, the the thing that Hal and I are most impressed by in this whole thing is we never expected to meet so many different people who share a love of this movie. And and I think through our show, a lot of people who didn't know about each other are finding out. This is like a yes. Lonely Hearts Club for a, for a con- confounded it, uh, If uh, I fans. can tell you a quick, another quick story, I don't want to make this money go on forever, but it is Rocketeer-related. The Bulldog Cafe, uh, the actual original set that was built up in Valencia, I have uh, found out literally last Monday night... Uh, less than a week ago, that some friends of mine who I've known for many years uh, were on the set construction company, and they were some of the guys that actually took it apart when the movie wrapped, and uh, they took it apart, cut it up into pieces, marked the pieces, took pictures of it, and it was put on a truck and sent to Florida. So the Bulldog Cafe that was on the MGM Disney backlot tour was the Bulldog Cafe from the movie. It just didn't have the interior pieces put back in it. Interesting. So that does finally confirm that. That's really good to know. Yeah. 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 Another piece but of the puzzle. Exactly. But I've talked to those guys for probably the last 20 years and never mentioned the Rocketeer <laughs> until I mentioned this podcast. And suddenly, poop, 
I found out that they worked on it too. <laughs> wow. Bringing hearts and minds together. That's us. Yes. Exactly. It's a crazy small so world. This is an awesome podcast. Thank you, gentlemen, for putting forth the effort and time to do it. I appreciate it. Thank as a fan of the movie and also just as a general consumer of the airwaves. It's awesome. Well, thank, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. We <laughs> And Absolutely. Uh, it, it, I have been. Yes, I know. And we appreciate that very much. Uh, we Really, I've never seen anything more gobsmacking than the number of people that we get these messages from people. And it's like, really? You know about this? And you know about that? And you were connected to this or that? And Hal and I are just dumbfounded at the end of just about every episode. And this, I, I think after this episode, we're going to be going, wow. So, yes. This <laughs> cool. has just been amazing. And we're, yeah, we're absolutely incredible. And we've got, we've got dozens more episodes to come. So uh, who knows, who knows what's going to happen. That, again, thanks for being on the show for people who'd like to join in on, on the conversation. Uh, we are always available in multitudes of social media. You can find us out on Twitter, of course, rocketeer uh, minute. You can find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash rocketeer minute. The, big old website at rocketeerminute.com where you can find uh, previous episodes uh, future episodes are going to be landing there too uh, get on with us on a subscription at iTunes or Google Play with uh, just typing in Rocketeer Minute and hitting the subscribe button when we show up as, as we were saying Clark is a great guest and we've got lots of great guests coming in the future tomorrow we've got a very I would say an unusual guest Hal don't you think I mean we're going to talk a little bit about I think that's a, that's a fair assessment sure yeah yeah okay Although I don't know if we have such a thing as a usual guest you know other that's than maybe true Billy. every every, and, every uh, yeah yeah every, everything's unusual this guy happens to have a, a specific training in anything so we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll just leave you teased with that yeah yeah so tune in tune in on Wednesday's show tomorrow uh, and enjoy as we start into as we're going into August uh, enjoy this next month of, uh, of the Rocketeer Minute so listen until next time over and out